everybody good morning it is once again friday morning which means we are live live back at it with uh kingdom on the road and uh this week we are we are uh tackling something that has um has been a a, a source of um debate for some time so we we cover we're covering these questions um a to to help alleviate some of the some of the tension that christians feel about them but also to help equip folks to be able to talk about this and to be able to normalize these conversations and all of that kind of stuff because as christians we need to be aware of the fact that hard questions are going to crop up Right. Um, and and we the the best thing that we can do, um, not both both for others, but also for ourselves is to be able to um, be equipped to be able to at least wrestle with them. Right. And and not and not shy away from this, the the idea of explaining um, what we believe, why we believe it, addressing the concerns that people have and all of that. And, um, this week we are talking about how has, uh, or has Christianity changed over time? And it was, it was interesting. I, I queued up the, um, the event pages for this week's stream and, uh, the comment came in so quickly that I found it before Facebook uh, had a chance to notify me that, um, that with somebody uh, answering yes, that that um, it has changed over time. And I thought that was interesting. And and this is this is a topic that um some of these you know we we are like you know we we think of the we think of what exactly um we're going to talk about and all of that kind of stuff but other times these specific questions come from you guys from you you folks that are that are watching and this is one that um that uh came from the viewing audience. And so I want to give a slight disclaimer before we really kick into high gear here. Um, some of this stuff, if you go tiptoeing through the tulips, um, can be challenging. And because there's a lot of people out here who have a lot to say. And the issue is, is it's not just Christians that are talented speakers and orators. Um, there are a lot of folks out there who really want badly to dissuade you from believing in God, who are very talented at presenting a point. And please, please understand, I am not trying to like demonize 
everybody out there who's who's an atheist or whatever like that because the reality is and and we're gonna we're gonna gonna hop into a video here shortly of an example of this but there are tons of people who are just out to aggressively fight and all of that but there are people who really do fundamentally believe that they are convinced of certain truths and present them in a way that's compelling and and wrapped up in in some evidence but this is one of those areas this is one of those topics that while it is wonderfully important to discuss and to come to terms with and to grapple with and all of that this is going to test this is going to this is one that will test the boundaries of what you believe and why you believe it um, because oftentimes the folks that are fighting against this um, know know the Bible better than some than a lot of people fighting for the the claims of scripture and all of that so um, before we really jump into the meat and potatoes um, I'll say, uh, wherever you're watching, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch, wherever, um, tune in or, or chime in rather, um, hit the comment section. We want to hear from you. Um, if there are specific questions that you have as it relates to this, um, do not hesitate to uh, chime in um, because we're going to go. We're going to we're going to hit a couple of different layers of this along the way and if there's something that we hit that you want to hear more about or you are concerned about or something along those lines um go ahead and chime in that's what it's there for yeah definitely man and uh yeah i think you're right you know some of these folks are are, are deeper in the history you know than a lot of christians are and so they're digging around <laughs> in history looking at, you know, uh, uh, extra biblical texts and comparing it with the Bible and disputing it and, and doing all these things. And, you know, this is one of those topics, you know, that you got to really walk through um, and you've got to pay attention and you got to be willing to know that history is just one of those things that uh, people disagree about history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you think, oh, no, history is history. No, not exactly. You know, there there are events told from different perspectives and it creates, you know, uh, different ideas. And especially if you're biased in one direction or the other, you know, and right. so trying to be an unbiased reporter, you know, just giving people, you know, what it says or what history looks like. Yeah, it was pretty interesting even just looking up some stuff. So um, prepare yourselves, guys, <laughs> those that are that are watching. Prepare yourselves because the opponents to Christianity are, as as Joe said, eloquent and they are uh, very persuasive because they they if they can prove that there is no God, that the Bible's false, that then man is just free right. to do whatever I want to do because I want to do it. And there's no afterlife. I don't have to worry about that. I'll just do whatever, you know, I want. Uh, as scripture says, and I think it's Romans that says, when you are free uh, from righteousness, uh, you are 
now free to sin, you know, but if you are uh, a slave of righteousness, then you are free from sin. And so which one do you want to be? Do you want to be a slave to sin so you can be free from righteousness or slave to righteousness so you can be free, you know, from sin, free from the power of sin? And so, yeah, uh, this is going to be a it's going to be an interesting one. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> so I want to start off with a video that kind of um, acts as a as a, a bit of a template for how a lot of these conversations have a way of going. So here we go. Um, I don't think the Bible has been rewritten. I think the Bible is as uh, originally written down. That's what we've got. That's the great there's, thing there's about it. There's a St. James's version, the authorized version, the Good News Bible. The prayer book has been reconsidered by the church many, many times over the, the centuries. It's all been rewritten. Yeah, yeah but the, the prayer book is not the same as the Bible. And the Bible well, the is been rewritten lots of times. We have not rewritten lots of times. There's lots of translations, but of the original scriptures written in Greek and Hebrew and a little bit of Aramaic. So uh, that's lots of evangelical churches use the Good News Bible. There's not lots of. Uh, that's just a different translation, but I, I think that's well, quite not. We're just talking translations. We're not talking about. So, um, and, and then as as always, it cuts off the last the last five <laughs> seconds of the video. Um, so that's that's a concern, and I and I raised that I, I raised that to start there because the. Christianity works off of the the paradigm that's presented within the Bible. And so a lot of the time, that idea of the scriptures being um, re rewritten and reused and all of that and and part of part of that part of why i bring bring this part of it up first is this hits a soft spot for me because i i was that guy that was you know how do how do we even know about the realities or of uh, or the reliability of scripture if there's so many different translations and then on top of it christians can't figure out which translation's right you know what i mean you have some people who hold to a certain set of scriptures some people are like okay every everything's you know within reasons fair game other people are kjv only other people so if we can't figure out which which translation is correct then how you know what i mean and that's before you get into the actual practice of of the habits of christianity and so a lot of where this comes from is coming from a place of challenging the authenticity of the source material and poking holes in the validity of how these things um, actually happened in when you when you uh, widen the lens to all of history, not just biblical history. Yeah, I think. And then when you talk about translations, you know, and um, I don't think 
the viewers can see my shelf, but on my shelf, I have <laughs> the Good News Bible, as he he mentioned. <laughs> I have the Authorized King James, the with the Apocrypha, the the 1611, the Jewish Complete. <laughs> I have a Bible with uh, New King James, ESV, NLT, and the Message in it. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, you know, you got the FCA. Fellowship of Christian Athletes have their own Bible. You know, you've got open Bible. You got, and so he said, well, when people say rewritten, they don't understand is that it's not rewritten. You know, it's like we said, it's a different translation of the original source material, right? And so that's why the most important piece is, as we have talked about over the last year, a Strong's, a lexicon, something where you can look at the original uh, wording, the original words, and then you compare that with the newer translations, right? When the translation changes, you still check it out. Let's let's go and see how close it is to the original wording, because some of these translations are just making it easy for people to read. You know, some people can't, you know, like you said, and I have a King James, regular King James, right? You know, because uh, there are some people that are King James only. You know, I had a discussion with a guy and I'm like, okay, we're only going to use King James since that's what you read. Let's go ahead and do it because guess what? I have a Strong's. So I know I can look at what the actual original source material is. So it doesn't matter what translation, you know, you pull out. Because it's really not a rewriting of it. Um, it's a uh, making it easier. Uh, because you think back. So, so since we're talking about has Christianity changed. Um, you think back to uh, Martin Luther. Uh, the, 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 the uh, what is it? The 95 Thesis, right? Uh, and he was one of the individuals that first translated the Bible from the, the, the Latin that they had into German, you know, so that the regular people could read it. And one of the reasons why he said he did that is because people didn't actually know what the Bible said because they couldn't read it for themselves. And so it wasn't being rewritten. It was just being translated from this language that they could not read to a language that they could read, you know? And I remember, you know, that really changed my, pers my perspective on, okay, because everybody's like, well, there's so many different uh, uh, versions of the Bible. There's, how do we know which one is right? Well, it doesn't matter which one. If you go to the source material, you can read any one you want. You just check it, you know, and see, see if it's translating it correctly. And I, I think having that ability helps us. When it comes down to it, but the average reader, and we know this, probably has never heard of a Strong's, right? Never heard of Lexicon. Didn't even know that that exists, <laughs> right? Or they they've heard of it in only in the context of that's what the pastor uses, right? <laughs> so Rather it's for than, the elite, right? <laughs> right. Um, and you know, I, I towards the end of today's episode, we'll get into the psychology of, of all of the questioning and all of that kind of stuff. But 
so so I don't want to necessarily go there, but there is this I think this this underlying desire to to validate this thing that we put our faith into. And while I might vocalize some of the idiosyncrasies of the concept a little differently, I do agree that within reason, there are a plethora of different translations that are that are quality mm -hmm. translations um and it's and it's in the the details that you may find those differences or man this wasn't necessarily um translated well or there's a better word for this or something along those lines because the reality is guys is that language is just a tool for expression or expressing a thought or desire or concept or something along those lines and over time words change over time um concepts change and i and i do and i do think it's interesting that you bring up martin luther because um in in a little bit um luther's going to come back up <laughs> okay. but but i think there's as you unpeel the layer of has christianity changed over time you have to start with has the source material changed over time? Because, um, so I, I come from the generation where, um, man, after 9 p.m., the History Channel got wild and out. There was some, <laughs> there is some really wild stuff that would happen. The Bible Code, uh, the secrets of Nostradamus, uh, <laughs> ancient aliens, all of that kind of stuff, man. Like, like late night on the uh, on the History Channel, it was like after nine, the World War II documentaries ended, and like, is there secret codes in the Bible started? <laughs> right. Uh, and so there's a whole there's a whole generation of people that before everybody had supercomputers in their pockets that there was it was a lot easier it was it was a lot easier to disseminate false information. Now, I would argue that that false information is still incredibly rampant, but that's more because of the lack of fact fact checking nowadays rather than a lack of access to information. Right. <laughs> and so you had a whole generation of people who were convinced of misinformation that great. And I'm using that in the historical sense, not great as in they were wonderful, but these right. great emperors over time instituted sweeping changes to the Bible. And <laughs> that that they bore this impact on 
the actual scriptures. Now I'm drawing specific lines here, guys. Don't get ahead. Don't get ahead of me because right. the other stuff we're going to talk about that's in the next section of this, uh, of today's episode. We're just at this, at this exact moment, we're just talking about scripture. And so we now have access to proof text and different um, ancient manuscripts that would suggest that some of these claims that big sweeping changes were made by emperors and rulers and all of that aren't necessarily true. Right. Um, access to information. Sure. Yes, that was a thing. Some wanted to limit the amount of the, the amount of access to information for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. But the actual, content itself um even even some of the most staunch uh opponents i guess of christianity and skeptics they 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 tend to battle christianity on the battlefield of the divine Right. And the divine nature of Jesus, not off off of historical evidence, because the historical evidence that we have, the the Bible holds the top spot firmly right. as the most, the single most verifiable piece of ancient literature that we have, and that's that's going to. And, and and so you can you can rattle off twenty things right off the top of your head that have been verified over time. They weren't always. You take somebody like David, right? David wasn't um, up until ninety three, I think. Um, I think not until ninety three. David David was um, questioned. As to as to the the the, the actual existence of David, did he really exist? Yeah. actually exist? Yeah. And um, it wasn't until yeah, like ninety three, that we found evidence that David actually did exist. And the thing about the evidence that we find is outside of yes, we can talk about the the um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we can talk about the manuscripts of Scripture, but there are also extra biblical um, historical uh, pieces from different civilizations, different people groups that also suggest of interactions between their civilization and the ancient day Israelites. And they verify these different battles from within scripture, these different figures from within scripture. And so that's why you don't necessarily see um, nearly the same kind of, of vigor behind the historical piece, because simply put, there's, there's no teeth. There's no teeth to trying to say state that these people did not exist. Now you can you can battle at the at the point of of timelines and things like that because the reality is, guys, is that what, when you look at scripture, there are times where time is used as a standard of measurement that is quantifiable. There are other times 
that it's used as a literary device that is that and and you know i'll 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 lean into the meta here um you look at matthew right that's the book that i always quote well matthew leaves out pieces of genealogies that other uh gospel accounts include because matthew is trying to draw a very specific line and that is showing the um, the lineage of Jesus and Christ as King. That's that's the the point of what he is doing, and so he is doing so in a way that shows, okay, this is this is the highlighted lineage of Jesus, not a comprehensive history study of every single thing that has taken place over time. Right. Right. So you know, and I think, like you said, you you almost have to slow down. And not get caught up, <laughs> you know, in trying to, yes, we are the best. We are this, you know, and just, you know, let this, the source material speak for itself, you know, and, and those that are joining us, you know, chime in, please chime in. We definitely want to hear from you, you know, has Christianity changed over time is, is a powerful question because um, all of us can probably say immediately, yes. But when we start talking about the Bible, right, there are people that say, well, yeah, the Bible has changed so much. And that, like you said earlier, that's not necessarily true, that right. pretty much what we have, um, we've always had, <laughs> you know, we've had new material that is confirmed that what we have <laughs> is what we've always had. And like you said, you add in, you know, archaeological, you know, uh, you know, verifications of, uh, like you said, David's crest, you know, that he actually was a real person. Because I remember a couple of years ago, that was a big thing. Somebody came out and like, yeah, none of the people in the Bible are real. And they started with David. right? <laughs> like, yeah, this guy never existed. Um, and then you find it. OK. Well, that was wrong. You, you kind of jumped out there. And it's like, wh why Why is there such this need to disprove the Bible? You know, and I, and I think it's because uh, this is this is the word of God. I mean, this is yeah. how he wants us to live. And so if we don't even get into, like you said, the ethics of the Bible, the economy of the Bible, what's going on in the Bible, if we can just say it doesn't matter, you know, um, in men's group, I think one of my pastors, he was uh, sharing how, well, Mr. While we read in the Bible, it was just written by men anyway. And, you know, the normal answer is no, no, no. It was written by God. No, actually, it was written by God through men. So uh, we're not debating if that actually happened. That is true. And scripture says that it doesn't hide that. It doesn't try to make it seem like it wasn't holy men being moved by the spirit of God to write, right? Scripture actually affirms that, you know? And so when you start thinking about, has it changed? Um, there, I think the, the practices um, have changed. I think a lot of how people view it has even changed uh, over time. But I, th I think if you go right to the source material, and that's why for me, I just keep going back. Let's go back to the Bible re-examine it and make sure that we're being faithful to what we originally see because when we add you know our traditions 
and our cultural influence to it, that's when we start seeing these significant changes that make people say, well, is it even the same? And like you said, I like that you started out with the Bible and with, okay, has it changed? You know, because that's a that's a good place to start. Like, let's first let's start with that, you know, because we have you don't even get underneath the cover if you say, well, this is this is no good. Right. Right. I think that's a good point. Real quick before we keep going. Good morning, Jewel. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yes. Chime Uh, in on our question. Yep. That is what the comment section is there for. Wrong button. Um, cool. All right. So, uh, and before we before we go um, into that part, that into that that very topic that you that you teed up, um, I want to. I want to pull out some some vintage Kingdom on the Road, um, something that I've been saying for for time of memoriam. It feels like at this point, um, I do not believe in chance luck or coincidence. I believe in God and statistics. Uh, and so, is. when you when you look at the situational accuracy, we'll call it. Right. And by situational accuracy, I mean specific events that we can verify to have happened that long before they actually happened were prophesied to have uh, to 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 that they were going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of number uh, numbers for you. Um, there are um, diff- ver- a variety of, uh, of accounts that uh, of the um, the crucifixion that um can can pretty solidly um put it like we 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 have a a decent enough time frame for when the crucifixion happened and then when you look at some of the um the manuscripts from that we have from the old testament you're talking about some like some 400 years before um, crucifixion was even invented. Hmm. Right. Right. We have descriptions of um, the, the, this death, this, this means of death and execution that if you look at it, this, this, this was, this was, uh, um, uh, this was crucifixion. And so there are um, historians and uh, commentators and writers on the New Testament that um, confirm that Jesus died on a Roman cross um, and and that the spear was thrust into his side. And mm-hmm. when you do the math, when you do the math on the probability, that somebody could have guessed right. that that was going to happen. An estimated probability is one in 10 to the 130th power that that could have been, that, that, that they could have guessed that and gotten it right. Wow. There are um, examples of um, the fall of... 
uh, cities that happen in that that are uh, prophesied in the Old Testament, and it happens in the New Testament. One in ten to the nineteenth power that there's a problem that that these that these cities would would fall. And and so the 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 realities are that when you look at this from a logic based perspective, before we even move on to the people portion of it, because when uh, spoilers when when you add in the people portion of it, this whole thing gets real real wild. Like pe- people, yeah, this is this is where it gets it, it, it in the in the words of the great philosopher Michael Keaton. Um, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's it's um, and and the best the best the best part is y'all the best part is y'all Ant found out live and in living color last week that I am this ridiculous in person <laughs> as I am on the air. Uh, um, but but it, before you even get there, you yes, it requires okay, do some do some research, right? But do some research. You know, there's there are manuscripts and there are resources and there are websites and there are timelines and there are all of these things that, yes, there are certain aspects that we cannot avoid about the Old Testament that, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I heard it. I heard it said, and I don't know. I still to this day don't know how I feel about it, but. So I heard somebody say that God played by man's rules in a in in certain parts of the Old Testament. It's a sloppy way of saying it, but it's it's yes, there are some thick things in the Old Testament that that were in that time, in that place, in that situation, and the weeds are 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 thick, and it is hard to to be able to wrap your head around the totality of what is happening in certain parts of the Old Testament. But that doesn't mean that we should ignore the Old Testament. And and yeah, we get a little bit nerdy here at the very beginning when it comes to historicity, because we we go back to First Corinthians fifteen where Paul says, if, if this isn't, if we're wrong, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we are to be pitied among the most. Right. And I would take that a step further to the totality of the claims of scripture. If we can't verify the claims of scripture, then all of this is for nothing. We can sit here and go here, there, and everywhere about the minor notes and all of that kind of stuff. And I've said this before, and I may upset some people when I say when I say this, but I haven't landed firmly on one side or the other about where I land on the flood narrative. Because it's in that first section of scripture that isn't a history book. It it, it just isn't. I the, the the first part of Genesis is not a historical account. It is Jewish poetry. And so how much of that is, how much of that isn't, what was this, what was that? I don't know. Do I still believe in Christ? Yeah. Do I still believe that Christ came, died, 
rose again, son of God. Absolutely. All of that kind of stuff. Definitely. The rest in a lot of respects is window dressing. And that's where we get into the, um, when, when you start to talk into, or when you start to speak into the minutia in the minor notes of it all, unfortunately, that's where we get some of the, uh, some of the worst uh, interpretations of scripture, but also that's where you get into this, this point of se- a, a need to separate out what are the things that I can stand on with a firm foundation and hold with an iron fist. And what are the things that I look at and say, I I don't know. You know what I mean? And are we brave enough to say on some things? I don't know. You know, I'll take, I'll take an example of, a, of one that I've, I've, certainly come a a a great deal on and that's that whole idea of um the 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 need for truth first and that wait a minute they always need truth first yeah but are we slaying people in the name of truth and we've talked about that to to uh, tell the cows come home we've we've gone all over the place as far as far as that goes but it's that idea of are we are we destroying people all in the name of speaking truth and so it's this idea that we we need to be willing to hold some things loosely and also say you know what there are there may be some things there are some some aspects of what i of of what i think the bible gets at that have been challenged that I I don't know about that, but understanding that we may have some things wrong. Now for some that starts to pull at the thread of is anything real? And unfortunately, sometimes that question needs to get asked because it opens the door to deconstruction. And for as much as that's the boogeyman, deconstruction is a good thing in the right context. Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, you, you, when it comes down to the Bible, you have to let people go through their process because there's a lot of things that over time you'll go back and forth over because you'll gain more understanding and say, oh, okay. And then you'll gain more understanding and say, well, wait a minute. And then you'll gain. And so as you're growing and and then there's certain things that you say, well, you know what? If Jesus believed in it, I believe in it. <laughs> you know, if, if he have upheld it, then I'll uphold it, you know, because I'm following him, <laughs> you know? So if he, if he's not real, then none of this is real, right? None of this is, right. you know, none of this can, none of this can be trusted, so to right. speak, like you said. And so at the end of the day, 
you know, my goal is, am I following scripture uh, to the best of my ability? Am I learning along the way? Because I've got to continue to learn. I've got to continue to grow. When you look at the history, and you brought this up earlier um, about Rome, God, <laughs> again, is a genius. Because picking that time, that fullness of time for Jesus to come, as you said, it couldn't have been any other time because it wasn't invented before that time, the crucifixion. But even the way the world was structured, Rome basically was the epicenter, right, of, of everything. And so for that to happen there, it was going to reverberate around <laughs> you know the world so to speak at that time you know when paul began to preach the gospel he was able to he would say things like the whole world right it, it was yeah. because rome felt like the whole world right because right. that's how impactful you know and so even strategically from a god perspective rome was the perfect place for this bomb to go off <laughs> You know, which, you know, caused it to kind of reverberate, you know, around uh, around the globe and stretch to as far as it can go. Uh, if the world would have been shaped differently, if the political landscape would have been different, if the governments would have been different, there would have been a different outcome. But God in his infinite wisdom, you know, and as scripture says, in the fullness of time, you know, and so when you start there and then you see you know, Christianity grow from there. Yeah. Does it take some turns? Yeah. I think we all would agree that it took some turns, you know, it, you know, with the advent of Catholicism as a, as its own entity, right. Roman Catholicism, it, it became kind of tied in with the political landscape. Right. Um, and then you had offshoots of Christianity, you know, uh, that, reverberated and that's when you started getting apocrypha because people were writing in the peripherals and adding in and you know i think the the book of adam and eve wasn't even written till ever till after 700 seven or 800 years after christ it's like what how's the book of adam and eve just now <laughs> you know it's you know so those are things that over time began to kind of change what Christianity's origins are, but that's why the Bible is so important because if we want to know what it's supposed to look like, we got to go back to the original text and look at it. So um, real quick before I poke at what you just said. Um, good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Glad you are here. <laughs> um, so you said something. And I think um, of of the people watching, um, of the people that, oh, hang on, hold tight. God is a genius, my thoughts exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes, the great designer. <laughs> yes. um, and so, uh, oh, you, you had mentioned following what the Bible says. Well, wait a minute. 
aren't there a lot of people from throughout from from throughout history that would be saying that they were doing the exact same thing and and now now mind you mind you i'm i'm half slyly playing the devil's advocate here mm -hmm. because yeah. i'm i'm uh unafraid like completely and totally unafraid to to push at the boundaries and and i will warn you now is the part of this like yeah bible absolutely historical evidence yeah absolutely i'm gonna be leading this conversation into some uncomfortable places now y'all hey and hold hold put your seatbelts on um so so minor notes and major notes right we all we've all heard about that you keep the majors the majors the minors the minors well certain minor notes if taken certain ways influence the major notes mm -hmm. and then obviously if you get the major notes wrong then that's its own thing but but even down to a minor note level you have people that think that that like essentially what we're talking about is what comes down to different denominations why are there different denominations and i used to be like i i i grew up in the part of the world where you are one of three things generally and the the the, the third one is 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 newer baptist catholic or non-denominational general rule of thumb are there offshoots definitely there's uh, there's offshoots just right. learned the other day that there's a lutheran church not that far away from me didn't know that um but but as a general rule of thumb those are the big three denominations and so whether we want to admit it or not there is a lot of ingrained anti-catholic biasness that is that is permeated into a lot of of mainstream evangelicalism and so anything that smelled like Catholicism was wrong in the way that I, the, in the way that I was brought up. And so um, things like taking the cup in a very traditional sense. Um, I, I'm not a germaphobe, but the idea of drinking from the same cup that everybody else drank I'm fundamentally skeeves me out even before 2020 that fundamentally mm -hmm. made, made me uncomfortable. But, but it, it was it, that was wrong and and sprinkling water versus total immersion that was wrong and and all of this kind of stuff right there was there there was there were different pieces um and and anything that was outside of just the 66 books of the bible that was wrong and and everything was painted with a hard and fast rule and there has to become a nuance of the conversation that invites individualizing the concepts without pointing to this is wrong. Because within that, within within that whole that whole subtopic of conversation, there are things within their individualized things that yeah i would i would say they are incorrect i don't believe in the metaphysics behind behind the eucharist i don't believe in um baptism as a means of salvation or works-based works-based theology or different things like that like there are different things within it that yeah those individual concepts 
Those I don't think are correct. But we have to be aware of how the practices have been shaped over time because one of the biggest, the out, outside of was the Bible rewritten, one of the biggest things that that skeptics fight against is this idea of how the Bible was used. And one of the main ways that that comes out is, has the Bible been used to hold certain people groups down? Has the Bible been used to hold women down? And the answer is yes. Unequivocally, unabashedly, absolutely. It has been. Was it was it written with that with that with that expressed uh, uh, point in mind? Absolutely not. Like that just 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 wasn't even even at a, even at a layer of you can get into the into the specifics of the um, women in leadership conversation and all of the, the the stuff and things which I'm not I'm, I see the landmine I'm walking around the landmine um, but, <laughs> but 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 even but but you can you don't need to step on that landmine to just simply state that no the Bible wasn't written to hold one gender down or any of of that sort of thing. And so I, I say all of that and, and, and I, I, can, I can see you teaming with something, with, with something to say. So I'll let you roll before, before I turn on the video. Um, we, we, we now need to, need to enter into the part of, part of the conversation of has Christianity changed over time? And I would reckon with um, Buddy, I don't mean that, I mean, the, the gentleman that that commented like 30 seconds after the after the event page went live. Um, if you're here again and to anybody who's watching again, chime in in the comments. Let's 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 talk. Let's talk this thing out. Let's work. Let's workshop this thing. I would reckon that now is the part of the conversation that would elicit such an immediate response of has Christianity changed over time? Yes. Yeah, but I I think you know I'm I hold to my guns on examining everything that is happening and going back to the Bible mm -hmm. and asking the question, is this the original intent? I think you know no matter what it is, you know, if I just go back and study it again, even things that maybe I've held, like well let me check this out, let me make sure that this is what it's supposed to be. And when I find out what it's supposed to be, I teach that. I share that. I don't need to go and yell, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. That what, what is that? That that actually right. doesn't help because now people put their guard up and they begin to pull back because you know you raise the pride level and then pride, you know. But if I just take and re-examine all those things. You know, um, yeah, I don't because of the negative connotation. Yeah, I don't I don't use the word deconstruct. I just say reexamine, you know, simply reexamine, go back, look at it again, search the scriptures, you know, rightly divide them, study to show yourself approved, you know, all those great things. Um, and I think you get to figuring out what's real, what's live and what's Memorex, right? What's the real deal versus what's not? And I think that's the journey that we have to be on. And so has Christianity changed over time? I think it 
has to in a lot of ways because the world that it's in has changed. And so there are things, like you said, that are being applied to things that we didn't have technology. We didn't have, there were certain things. So it had to change the fundamentals of what it is. That's where the struggle is. But the, 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 the idea of a people following Christ in this environment is different from the idea of a people following Christ in the early Roman era, the Roman government, because there's so much different. And you brought up a lot of things because over time, the Bible has been used for things instead of understanding what the Bible says, right. you know, and so that means Christianity is going to change again because now you have people that are saying, well, what does it actually say? So here we go. Now we change again, <laughs> you know, and so I think there's going to be this constant changing as people wrestle with the realities um, and to use a fancy word, the hermeneutics of the day, right? To try to get into interpreting, you know, what does that mean in this context? You know, even what we're doing right now, the apostle Paul didn't have this. Peter didn't have this, you know, they actually had to walk miles to go find the crowd, <laughs> you know, and, and preach the gospel to them. We, we we're sitting in our, in our homes, right? We're sitting in our offices. We're, and we're sharing the gospel and we're having this conversation with people that are nowhere near us. And so is that a change? Yeah. What we're talking about hopefully is the same, you know, content, you know, but this means of expressing it and, and, and preaching it is, is a difference. And so again, that's why I say you're going to have to keep going back and saying, okay, so what does this look like? Is this the way it's supposed to look? You know, are we supposed to marginalize these people with the, with the Bible? <laughs> you know, it, you know, is that, you know, right and wrong? You know, we can run from that, but we're, we're going to end up having to say, is this right or is this wrong? Because the Bible is clear about certain things being right and certain things being wrong, according to God's point of view. All right. I'm going to go ahead and turn this video on before we get too much further down the road. Um, and then we'll circle back. So does Christian teaching change over time? Yes, it does. Oftentimes in ways that the people doing the teaching don't know themselves. And the shift between Paul's teaching on works and faith and Martin Luther's teaching on works and faith is a great example of this. So to get to this, let's start with Luther's teachings on works versus faith. Luther's concern with works was a concern about agency. Luther was worried that people thought that they could save themselves by their own action, independent of the agency of God. This, he thought, confused the agency of the human with the agency of God. Because only God's agency can save a person, 
This made sense in Luther's social context, where he was worried about indulgences, which were basically payments to the church that people made in order to gain forgiveness for their sins. And in the context of monastic life, where he was trying with everything he could to achieve his own salvation via acts that he thought he could undertake. And it placed a great deal of stress on him. For Luther, faith was the gift from God. That was not an act of the self. So faith is not that you choose to believe in God because you couldn't do that. But faith is primarily about belief for Luther and belief can be separated from works. Now contrast this with Paul's approach to works and faith. Paul is in a very different social context from Luther. He's in the first century as Christianity is getting started and spreading to Gentiles and away from ethnic Jews. For Paul, the distinction between works and faith is not about agency primarily, but about particular kinds of works, in particular works of the law, works of Torah. And for him, this really came down to three things, uh, circumcision, dietary observance, and Sabbath observance. Paul was in an argument with other Jewish Christians, some of whom claimed that in order to be Christian, Gentiles basically needed to take up the entirety of the Jewish law to be circumcised, follow dietary laws, and practice Sabbath observance. Paul did not believe that these things were necessary. What Paul did think was necessary was faith. By faith, Paul means trust and faithfulness. It's not separable from how one acts. Paul believed that the Christian would be filled and transformed by the faith of Christ. This mystical participation in Christ was what was necessary for salvation, and the works of the law were not required. So for Paul, the problem is not self-assertion, the problem is Judaizers, people who were telling early Christian Gentiles that they needed to observe circumcision, dietary laws, and Sabbath observance. By the time we get to Luther, these just aren't really concerns. The words, works, and faith couldn't mean the same things that they did to Paul. So what Luther was doing was a creative reinterpretation of the text to make it relevant to his own time. And it's a really interesting reading and has given rise to really interesting developments in psychology and understanding of initiative and how people taking their own initiative or letting go of such initiative is helpful. It's not bad Christian theology, it's just not exactly what Paul meant by the terms. Christians and members of every religion constantly interpret and reinterpret their own scriptures. Some of them do this while self-aware about what they're doing, Others, not so much so. Essentially, he's saying, and then he ends off with, with saying that um, a, a shift in practice is inevitable in any religion. So before before I get into why I I chose that that particular um, video, I'm I'm curious because I watched. I watched your face take a journey and through while, while watching that. So go ahead and, and share some of your early thoughts. Well, I, I just, I just think, you know, he, he made there be a gap where there really wasn't a gap. Now at the end, he kind of cleared it up, but he created this gap as if Luther and Paul 
were teaching something different. They were just teaching it in a different time. You know, so as you said, the law, you know, circumcision, circumcision and things like that weren't a thing in um, in Luther's day. So the law or circumcision was now indulgences, paying penances, right? But these were still forms of works that you could do apart from faith, you know? So they fall into the same category. So, so Luther is not actually teaching something different. And Paul believed that faith came from God as well. All we got to do is look at the source material. It's the actual same belief that it was a gift from God, you know, and he, but, but he believed that belief and faith were two different things. Belief is human, but faith is divine. And the works that you do, as Paul said, should come from faith where God convinced you of what is right and what is wrong. You just put your trust in God. Like, I believe that he's there. And then God then imparts the faith to be able to do his works and his will. When you look at Luther, um, I don't I don't see that he thought anything different. He just had a different law, so to speak, a different group of people that were trying to uh, influence folks to do it their way. You know, and so I just think it it just again, the, the baseline for what it is, is the same. The hermeneutic of the day is what changes because it's a different world. And so I agree that that the the way you teach it changes, not the teaching. You still have to teach what the Bible says in the context that you're in. But you're looking at different things that you're applying it to. And that's the hermeneutic. That's the okay. How does that apply in this world where I don't have the law? I don't have we're not slaughtering you know, goats and, you know, I don't have that. So I just think there was a lot of tension and I guess I had to go on the roller coaster with him, you know, so he can take me down and take me back up and then take me down. And then at the end, it's like, okay, why did you do all that? <laughs> you know, why did you just say that in the beginning? So before we, before I comment, good morning, G Barry. What's up, bro? <laughs> um, so, The low-hanging fruit when talking about the differences of practice could have been me grabbing to something that outlines um, progressive Christianity or something along those lines or highlighting how we've talked about how, um, you know, y'all means all or love is love or you know, different, different things like that. Like those little quippy things that you can put on Facebook or you could put on social media and, um, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. That's, that's low hanging fruit to grab for ways in which certain things are taught that we disagree with. But what about when you start to have the conversation about how a practice has changed for the context of the time 
And that's why I chose that video. For that exact reason that you're talking about. Now, I, mm, I think that there are idiosyncrasies of a difference between somebody like a Luther and somebody like a Paul. But the reality is that we have to be aware that various practices have changed over time. And, and this is where we have to have that conversation of practice and not source material. And that's why we started with source material because the practice is another part of the conversation that people are seeing in and of itself. And so they're saying, if this practice changed, how can I trust the actual thing? How can I trust the, founda the, the foundational stuff if the way that it's executed on has changed over time? And that's where I don't think it's as helpful to hit it from a purely academic standpoint, that you have to hit it from the cultural standpoint, that you have to hit it from the time period standpoint. And, and, and considering those aspects of it in, in an effort to say, well, yeah, the practice of Christianity has changed over time. And that that doesn't invalidate the actual source material because there does come a point where there are certain aspects and this is why you know we had had a couple of things that that came up in between when you said it and now but part of what i wanted to poke against and all of that with with what you said is there are certain things that we can think that we 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 are doing as per what the Bible says, that we can have an educated guess on, but ultimately they're not they're not major notes. Major notes are death, burial, resurrection, the the doctrine of Trinity, the all all, all of that stuff over over there. That is the difference maker of whether or not we are practicing Christianity or we are practicing something different. But part of this conversation and equipping the saints to be able to go out and say to somebody else who sees this, well, what about this group? What about that denomination? If there's 87 different flavors of ice cream, how can I trust what ice cream actually is? You know what I mean? And, and, and that sort of thing. And so it's this idea that, yeah, sure. There's part of this conversation that goes back to, you know, that that's that you, you, you study the source material, you study all of these things, but I guess my I guess part of my point in bringing any of this stuff up is saying that yeah we have to acknowledge this idea that practices and concepts and and relevancy of certain things has changed over time because yeah we're not standing in the middle of Rome dealing with judaizers or dealing with that that time period that place just like they didn't have microphones and cameras and computers and setups and studios and all of this kind of stuff where they could where they could hit all of this mass of people all at the same time 
and yeah, I I I I I want to be clear. I'm not challenging the first part of the conversation, but it's being aware that over time there's an aspect that we we for better and for worse practices change and when you and when you when you acknowledge that that i think allows for more of a conversation and understanding that there are some things that yeah i think i've got the beat on i'm pretty convinced of the living kingdom I'm pretty convinced of certain aspects that, yeah, I'm going to take my flag in the ground and say, yeah, no, I think I've really got the beat on this thing because this is, this is what the, what the Bible says. There are other parts, uh, parts of it that I really don't think matter. Do you put somebody's head fully underwater? Or do you sprinkle water, uh, water over their head? Who cares? Some people do. Do you, do you, <laughs> do you do you teach do, do you allow a woman to get in front of the church and teach something or do you not do you allow certain people in or do you not do you and 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 it's it's that nuance piece that i think understanding the big picture is is where that where you can navigate these things because if you try to tackle it from an individualized concept, I think you you're gonna come up lacking at some point in it. That's why there needs to be a marriage of academics with real world experience. Before before I let you before I let you roll, we have a couple of comments. Jewel, yes, Christianity has changed just as the world has changed. And then Jewel again, we live in a world that changes daily. So the teachings of the word changes, but the word doesn't change. We have to be willing to be corrected and teachable. Oh, and I really, really, really hoped that for this conversation and this part of the conversation that this dude would be in the comment section. Brother Matthew, what's up? It depends on what baptism is, does, means. If it's something more than a symbol, then suddenly the mode matters. And yeah. he says, hi, guys. Hey, man. Yeah. So, so yes, there, there, is, there is a coupling of what all of that means. And so, yes, I will say before I let you roll, when I said about what, what I said about baptism, and I don't want to just make it turned into a conversation about baptism solely because I was, I was, I was using that as an object lesson more so than a let's make it about baptism thing. But yes, it was under the assumption and maybe I shouldn't have made the assumption that we're all working off of the playbook that it's a symbol and not for salvationary purposes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and thank you, Matt, for, for jumping in there. Um, you know, get a, get a little back up there, <laughs> you know, uh, because, again, for me, it goes back to the source material. And again, people won't like it. But when you actually look the word up, it tells you what it is. And you're either going to accept that that's what it is or you're going to say, no, it doesn't have to be that, you know. And I think those are those are the areas that when it comes down to for me is that um, if 
I can see what it actually says and this is what it's supposed to be, then why, you know, why wing it? Why do whatever when you have what scripture says? The things that scripture are silent on, well, yeah, you're, you're going to have to make an educated guess and you can't be hard line on it. But the stuff that the scripture is not silent on, you know, um, you know, Joe, you're using the term practice. Um, you know, the practices change. And, you know, I think I don't know that the practices uh, change. I know that some were never defined. So it couldn't change because it was never actually defined. But then there's other things that are defined. And why do we have to argue over it? Why do people want to change what is already defined instead of going with that? You know, I think it's kind of human nature. You know, um, my biggest thing is that where the change is, and I like what Jewel said, is that you have to adapt that hermeneutic to the world that you're in, you know, um, you know, not to pick on baptism. Um, there's no less water in the world than there was then. So if they were taking people to the Jordan river and putting them under the water, why do we have to change that? <laughs> you know, what, what is the, what is the point? What is the point in changing that? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, but people like to change stuff because maybe they don't like it. Maybe, maybe they're allergic to water. I don't know. But at the end of the day, if, if I actually see what it looks like in scripture, why, do, why do I have to change that? And so to me, when, when we talk about the practices changing, I think they change based upon people, not that they have to, there's certain things that are not clearly defined. Let's say communion. As often as you do this, that doesn't say it has to be every day, every week, every month, every year. It just says as often as you do it. To me, however you do it, that's not a changing of practice. That's seems like it's open for whatever interpretation you have as long as you remember him as often as you do this. So I think over time, it, bounce, it, 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 it has to change because when people do stuff and then they go back to the source material and they say, wait a minute, why did we do this differently? <laughs> if it says what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So you're going to get, you're going to get that, that fluctuation over time. But then there's other things that are more about application. How is this applied? And that's where the hermeneutic comes in. How does that apply today? Do women have to keep their head covered? Right. You know, oh, well, the scripture says there's no such thing. <laughs> well, why then why have we been applying it like that all this time? So even our ability to understand the scriptures caused Christianity to change back and forth because you go back to the source material and you say, let's reexamine it. Let's look at it again and let's see if we can be faithful to it. I. I agree with most of what you said. Um, I, I, I think, I think your assertion as to, as to why somebody would, would change a thing is very much born out of your, what, where, where your stance is. 
Um, and, and I've done the exact same thing. I do the exact same thing. We all do that. That's a uniquely human thing that where we are lent to is going to lead where we are, how we state a thing. Um, I think it's way more complicated than just, oh, people want to change things. I think it's contextual. I think that um, I'll, I'll find if we're gonna if we're gonna use if, I brought the object lesson up and it's become it's become a thing. So let's go ahead and lean into it. If we're gonna do baptism, um, then then if if there is somebody within the uh, house church that earnestly wants to get baptized, I don't have a baptismal in my house. I yes, I work with a church that if I really wanted to now at this point I could probably orchestrate something where some where where I could make that happen and all of that kind of stuff. But 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 other than that, I don't have access to a baptismal pool. So what am I gonna do? Am I gonna stick their head under the faucet? Am I gonna grab a bottle of water and go through the process of 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 baptism? That's not a desire to change anything. That's a work that's working with somebody in that time, in that place, in that context, in well, that situation. Well, 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 I don't know about that. I think that's, I think you're doing exactly what I stated is that I don't want to go out of my way. Like you just said, I could, like you said, <laughs> I could, but oh, I'm not going to do that. Right. <laughs> so, so might I, can I, can I let challenge you sure. for a second? Let me, let me make sure of what you said <laughs> before I, you know, jump to, you know, uh, the, the, the conclusion of, Basically, what I hear you saying is that in the context, let's say we're in a house church, somebody wants to be baptized. If I want to do it right then and there, I don't have access to a body of water big enough to immerse them, right? And should I? I felt like you were saying, should you or could you go and talk to somebody who has access to that? and do it there or should you just sprinkle water on them and call it baptized is that what you were saying no no i wouldn't ask should i'm not asking if should, I, I don't I, know what word you use so yeah well, but. well, I, well no I'm, I'm not saying you're quoting me i'm just saying yeah. as a concept i'm not saying should yeah. um i it is a modern thing it is a not not modern. It is a um, it is only it is it is a newer thing that I would have access to a group that has the means to do a traditional baptism. And I live in the middle of the city. There are no lakes around. There are no large bodies of water to be able to do that around. So I I I conflated time frames. So let's go, let's go pre me working with the grove. Mm -hmm. So we are now firmly in a time period where. I wait, there 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 aren't any lakes around and there is no baptismal pool short of going to some random person's house and asking if we can use their pool that, what what I have is like a sink 
mm-hmm. and that's what I'm getting at is it's not a choice. That's the thing you keep going back to is I'm choosing. I'm talking about as a matter of situational necessity, not as a matter of I am choosing to change this because I want to change this. Well, actually, I, I wasn't referring to you at all. <laughs> I, well, you know, anybody, anybody right. choosing. I'm, say, I'm saying I'm saying if it, I'm, I'm my, yeah. my point in bringing this up is, yes, there are some things that we should hold to. But now I'll go use the other the other uh, um, application or uh, object lesson that you brought up of communion. Mm-hmm. I have orchestrated communion with uh, with folks on a military base where the best thing that they had is Dorito and a and a Gatorade. Is that any more or less uh, any less communion? Depends on who you ask. Right, depends on who you ask. But you're still leading them through the symbolism of the bread and the cup. And, and what am I, who, who am I? I'm not even going to say, what am I? I'm going to say, who am I to stop somebody from being able to take communion because they don't have that little gimmick wafer cup deal deal with the juice and the gimmick, or they don't have bread and, 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 and Welch's or whatever, or wine or whatever you want to do. Like, like they don't have the, the fruit of the vine and and bread that qualifies. Who am I to stop that person from doing that? And so my my point is, it's almost like an extension of this idea that I bring forward all the time of living kingdom. Is we don't we 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 there is a there is a a big difference between separating out the the foundations of scripture oh boy <laughs> oh boy i love it i love oh. it i'm not i'm i'm not in any way shape or form surprised oh, um, oh i love you matt oh. uh <laughs> what did you start joe what did you start <laughs> i hope you all were ready for a three-hour stream because now we're talking about communion and baptism and brother matthews in the comments uh <laughs> So, so there's, there's a difference between utilizing things and, and you know what? Hey, I'll be the first one to admit. And again, this goes back to hold certain things with a loose, with a loose hand. Is there a possibility that as a teacher of the word, as somebody who has been charged with teaching this thing, and caring for people's souls that I am incorrect in this. Yeah. Yeah. I stand there and I say that. And I and I I can accept that. That I may be incorrect. Now, do I think that there's a difference between the impact that that has on caring for a person's soul and whether or not I get the specifics wrong? Yeah, I think those are two different things. So let me let me say this before you get to this couple of sheets, <laughs> couple, couple of uh, pages that brother Matt put up there. Here's what I say. Because I've been in the position. 
the exact position. And at the time, you know, I may not have been able to uh, baptize somebody, you know, full immersion. But when the resources and the ability to do it was available, I did it. That's all I'm saying is that if this is what it says, let's say, I mean, the thief on the on the uh, on the cross, he didn't get baptized. Right. You know, because he couldn't. Right. So circumstances would not allow that. But if he would have been walking out there with Jesus and his disciples, I'm pretty sure he would have been baptized. And it probably would have been in the Jordan River because that's the resources they had available. To me, I think there's allowance for this is what I have at the time. Right. But I think to make that my only stance, like, well, this is it. No, I, I think it, it when the ability is available, like you said, timeline. Oh, now I got access to the growth. Do I still say, no, I'm not going to do that? Probably not. You probably say, well, I can I can use their baptism. So. I don't think you're saying that uh, you shouldn't be immersed. I think you're saying that based upon your resources and where you are and your ability to do something, you do it. You do what you can at that time until the resources are available. I don't see anything wrong with that. But to say, well, let's and you're not saying this, but if somebody was to say, well, throw out the, immer the, the immersion because right. that's what somebody says, right. like, I'm just going to do it this way just because I don't want to do, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't, right. That, so I think I want you to realize that I've done exactly what you've done. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had, we had communion with orange juice and, <laughs> you know, that, that's yeah. not technically right you know i had somebody i had somebody not come back to my church because i used actual bread and they said well you're supposed to use some type of bread that's unleavened right like, yep. oh I, I, my apologies i'm yep. sorry but they never came back because they said that wasn't real yep. me. <laughs> so i i mean i i get it <laughs> yeah to to widen the angle as far as the communion conversation there was somebody in the room that wouldn't take communion because of the dude that was on zoom that was taking it the other way. And, and they thought I was, I was <laughs> not doing it properly. Right. So yeah, no, I've been there. So, and I just want to be clear before I, before I, I catch up on the comment section. Unfortunately, we live in a time where anything like, like that's that, that, that gets rowdy or anything like that gets painted with a weird brush and all that kind of stuff. Like, Oh, mom and dad are fighting. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> like you gotta understand something. Aunt and I are like a couple of bulls in a china shop sometimes. <laughs> and, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't mind. Not, neither one of us minds playing rough. Because it's it's all love. Like, it's all, it's all, in, it's all in the name of unpacking this and wrestling this and talking about this and unpacking these concepts because this is complicated to pose this question has christianity changed over time folks we are talking about a thing that fundamentally challenges some people's faith 
We are talking about a thing that challenges uh, systems and teachings and standards and all of that kind of stuff. We are ch we are challenging so many different things by even posing this question. Because there are some that would say, "No, you just do it this way. This is just this is what's taught. This is what you do." And so, yeah, in order to actually do this justice, I'll go the step and say, I think you need to get a little bit rough in the playpen in order to really unpack this thing. So, all right, here, here we, we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> all right, first one. Uh, I may need to read this off of the thing because I don't think all of this is going to uh, come up. Uh, here's the Didiac from the first century in baptism. Pouring was a lot. So um, first century document um, considered extra, uh, extra biblical. Um, Matt, you can feel free to correct me uh, in, in the comments if I am incorrect in saying this, but this was basically meant to be like a, like a, a, a how to, an instruction manual, if you will, of, of practicing these things in a post-Christ world. Here's the Didiac from the first century in baptism. Pouring was allowed. Application was made variable based on what was available. That's what I'm saying. Not matter of matter of you don't fully immerse. It's not a right. matter of you don't sprinkle over the head. Right. Whatever's whatever's available. Um. And all right, this is the one I'm not sure is all going to come up. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's not. All right. So, and concerning baptism, baptism, baptize this way, having first said all these things, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Matthew 28, 19, in living water. But if you have not living water, baptize in other water. And if, hold up. <laughs> if you know uh, baptism in other water, and if you cannot in cold, in warm, but if you have not either, pour out water thrice upon the head into the name of the of Father and Son and Holy Spirit. But before the bapt uh, the baptism, let the baptizer fast and the baptized and whatever others can. But you shall order the baptized to fast one or two days before, not touching the communion thing. I so <laughs> I knew I knew I was poking the bear when I brought up the 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 communion thing because I know he does not agree with me on on that one. Um, and some people are wrong. It's fine, Matt. We still love you. I'm just kidding, but I'm not kidding. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so. All of that to say that when you consider the um, the actual application layer of right. these different practices, that's where I say the practice has changed. That's where I say, yes, Christianity has changed. Because now, ever since a post-Christ world, it was in the hands of men. And man... Like, just take, you could, you, I, uh, Matt, go ahead and just rattle the first 10 pieces of heresy off the top of your head from a post, from an immediate post-Christ world. I'm sure you could probably list off 50 if you wanted to, that all have different names, that all have different practices, that all have whatever. 
it's 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 bound to happen but part of what i want you guys to take away from this even though a lot of this has been getting into this concept and that concept and this practice and that practice is is stand in confidence of the core foundation separate from the specific execution because like yes. jesus got into when he was unpacking and recontextualizing the law it's the big picture that matters that's why i'll say what i say as far as communion as far as baptism as far as all of this kind of stuff man you could even go you could even go down the road of salvation what do you need the altar what do you need to bring people in front of the entire church in order for it to stick it's the big picture that matters and that was always what jesus was getting at and i do think though we need to <laughs> are they are, are they heresies though or did they just get labeled that way by people who disagreed <laughs> I'm not who I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So, so some, absolutely. Other ones that, that make God out to be the giant flying spaghetti monster with pencils for arms. Like, uh, it's, that's a whole school of thought. It, that's, that's like actually like a thing that people believe in is the giant flying spaghetti monster with pencils for arms. Um, like some, sure. Others, absolutely not. They're not heresies. They are just labeled that way by things by by people who disagree. There are some people that think that that the the kingdom, the living kingdom, is a heresy because they disagree with that mode of thinking. And so, yeah, no, that's that's you you are completely and totally correct. But I think at the foundation of it all, I think there, when you when you look at something like I'm not who I am, Matt. It's this sort of statement that still speaks to how we hold some things and the danger of that. And I'm not trying to pick on you, Matt, and uh, because I could honestly poke at some of what you said, Ant, and say, eh, you can mean well, but there are some things that when you look at the big picture, I would argue that we can allow our personal preferences to get in the way. Good. <laughs> and and i'm gonna say i agree that's what mm. i'm gonna say <laughs> i agree and and i say i agree because you know as long as we're using that term you know for both sides of the conversation yeah. i think it 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 makes sense and that's why i'm willing to leave people alone but if they ask me right and i hold to you know what I believe the Bible says about something, I feel like they should leave me alone, right? 
if I'm willing to leave them alone and let them do what it is that they, because I feel like over time, what if, what if I do read something and I reconsider, you know, what if, what if, what if I do go to I'm like, well, I kind of reconsider what I first, you know, believed about this. <clears throat> right. And so I think letting people uh, go through their process, but as long as when you ask somebody something that you, you take them, it's like, this is what they are saying. They're not imposing this on you. They're not telling you, you have to do this, right? They're telling you, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, amen. Now, if you ask my opinion, then you have to be willing to accept my opinion and vice versa. That's the way I, I, I roll with things, you know, because there are things that, like you said, I've held to and that, uh, yeah, I don't see it that way anymore because now I have more information, I have more of a perspective on it. And it's like, yeah, that's not as important as maybe I originally thought it was. And so I think there has to be room for that. That's why I always say that people can disagree and they don't have to disconnect. Reason why people disconnect when they disagree is because they're not willing to let that other person have <laughs> their thought process. You got to think like me or we can't be around each other. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, he's in the comments. Uh, use what you got to get the job done, period. I don't care about the details. Let's go get it done. Yeah. So, and that's, and, and that's the whole point in all of this is you can get lost in the minutia. You can get lost in the details. You can even, there is even room for, for, for some level of, um, Good. Mm, I, yeah, I'm okay. Anyway, let me finish this thought, pro right. this thought process. Um, you, you can, you can even have some preferred modes of thinking as long as you understand where the line is between preference and things that are concrete because yeah there are certain aspects that aren't spelled out line for line word for word beat for beat in the bible there are other things that are and so as you unpack what it means to live this out understanding that you have a responsibility to live this out as in in a way where god's authority is the highest authority means that you have the big picture and there are certain aspects where you have a responsibility to do what it is that you're going to do based off of the criteria that you already have. That doesn't always mean that that gives you a boilerplate, this is what you do. Right. And so when you look at something like, has Christianity changed over time? 
the system makes it so that yeah and and then and then you get into the aspects of this where um and i'm gonna i'm gonna rapid fire between two here and juxtapose two it's the difference between agreeing to disagree and agreeing to understand yes though i do think that there are some things that you will ultimately not agree on. And I don't think that that's necessarily incorrect to disagree on things, but are you going to allow the disagreement to fester and become something that's ultimately influenced by pride and, and influenced in a way that because we disagree we can't work together or we can't, we can't, you know, what do ministry together or whatever, whatever the situation, the, the particular situation is. I think now that, I, I think that's what Matt's getting at with agreeing to understand. Yeah. Because I yeah. want to agree that agreeing that, you know what? I understand where you're coming from and that doesn't make you my enemy, you know, because we don't think exactly the same way. Because I understand, you know, and that and that's about really getting to know each other, you know, whatever the context is. And I think that's why people, you know, break apart because they don't want to take the time to understand the person that they're talking to. So they pass judgment on. Yeah. And and I, I guess my my only thing is I would argue that these aren't necessarily two different things. I think one can be an aspect of another. I think you can disagree. I think you can agree to disagree while agreeing to understand. Yes. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the only difference. Like I said, difference between the two. I don't know as though those are different anyway. Um, good morning, Epic real quick before I continue. Um, but I juxtapose that with where was his other comment? Are they really heresies? Well, some are so, some ways that Christianity has changed in execution in the, in the modern context um, are, are just, are just age old versions of other. Um, mm, manipulations of the word. And that's where I think that that's where I think there is value. And, and I think the bridge too far in the whole conversation that we've been having is, you know, I have, I'll be the first one to admit, I have been more in the camp of looser interpretation, whereas Ant has been more in the camp of no, 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 we, we have words, words mean things, you know what I mean? And all, and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we I say words, we are on the ends of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the bridge too far is to blatantly right. ignore certain aspects of Scripture. And yes, I do think that that word heresy gets thrown around like water when it's just something that I disagree with, so it's heresy. So, so yeah, sure. But there are absolutely ones that are heresy. We can't just completely negate that in an effort to live in community with other people. And this is coming from me. 
and Matt knows what I'm saying when I say that. This is coming. This is coming from me. I take. I take this whole living in active community and active kingdom really, really far. And even to the to the point of some of my brothers and sisters. No, I'm not low key calling it out here. But some of my brothers and sisters who are more academically centered would even say I take it too far. So so we have to be aware that in the midst of all of this, yeah, part of what has hurt people about this topic is the fact that Christianity has been used. Christianity has been prostituted. Christianity has been bastardized. That is different than a situationally specific contextualization of an ultimately true concept you know and that's that's what that that second video that i that, that i showed that was the point of that video of yeah i i would say that there are there are definitely differences between what the two what the two the two taught but ultimately it was less about ah one's better than the other or ah one was more accurate than the other it was more about hey these two men lived at two different periods of time right dealt with two different things dealt with two different circumstances and highlighting that portion of it and that's where having that that total like uh, understanding those differences matters that we can't one size fits all and say we disagree it's heresy if it doesn't line up with what i believe it's heresy but also at the same token we can't hold everything with such a loose hand that there's absolutely no guardrails yeah, I am the one that always says, what if the intention was for us to say for what was for was 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 God saying, all right, go play. You know the playground, you know the boundary markers of the playground, now go play. Rather than here's the list of the parameters, follow these rules. So I am all for the experiential life with God. I am all for all of those things. But yeah, no, we don't we don't ignore the parameters. We just don't need to secure and spend five hours breaking down the parameters. Yeah. And and I think when you say that, <clears throat> it's really the nuance is the type of person that you are, you know. I think you used the term preference earlier and I would trade preference for perspective um, because I feel like it's the way a person is looking at it, not necessarily the way the person wants it, but the way a person is looking at it, because if you're both looking at it and saying, I'm trying to do what God says to do, but this is how I see it, then it's your perspective that's different not necessarily what you, as you said, what you want to do. A person doesn't just want to not do it this way, right? That would be preference. But perspective is, well, this is 
this is the way I see it. Now, perspective can change after, you know, studying, reading, understanding, living experience, right? Uh, I think, I think preference is something that you're intentionally, you know, saying this is what I'm going to do because this is what I like or whatever, you know? And so I think with a lot of these things, we have to get out of that. We have to get away from preference and focus on, well, how do I do my best in the context that I am in to, you know, be in alignment with what scripture is saying or what I understand scripture to be saying. And I think that's why Christianity actually has to change over time. I don't think it can stay because the world keeps changing. And from Paul to Luther, I believe that they believe the same thing, but I believe the context that they were in causes it to be applied differently. And I just think that that's inevitable. You know, in a hundred years, if we're all still around, there's going to be some things that change again. You know, um, I think COVID, do we have to actually gather in person in one place? For the first two centuries <laughs> of Christianity, everybody would have said yes. Now, what do we say? Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. So, the, <laughs> so, but but the but the issue. Oh, how do I say this? Yeah, you know what? I'm not touching that one. I I don't think that there's any clean way other than the fact that the church was never the building. It just highlighted things, not changed right. anything. Anyway, um. But it changed the way they practiced. That's that was your term, right? The practice, you know, changed that you could actually have an online community and be gathering. Yeah. Gathering. Uh, uh, yeah, I just think in that specific scenario, that was already a thing. Just some people were forced to accept it. I think is a good way of putting that without. Which is a change. While, while still trying to be charitable. Um, <laughs> real quick, couple of things. Um, amen, G. Barry. G Barry we, we must be united in purpose. And uh, all right, Matt, have a great day at work. Um, yeah, so. Great to have you on, Matt. Love it when you certify. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So the only thing that I will say as far as what you said is I think you're separating the two beyond where they need to be separated. I think you, I think absolutely perspective is influenced by preference sometimes. And I do think that they, they just because preference and perspective are technically different. I think that they're not, I think they're both still parts of this conversation. I think that there are some that have the noblest of intentions and, and, and have, and it really is a matter of, of 
um, perspective and their their perspective being being influenced by teaching and by understanding and by experience and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I also absolutely think that there are some things that no, 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 this is my preference. And so my preference says this and this I'm going to teach as biblical truth. I think that happens literally all of the time. And so I, I, I wouldn't, would and maybe this that, is me. Would you say that that's true about yourself? I think that's human nature. I think you always have to be aware of that. I think that says ma doesn't matter if it's me, you, the next guy. Doesn't matter. Uh, I think that I, I, I don't. Ask, I ask that question because I work hard to remove that from my teaching, you know, so that I don't mess it up. And so maybe that's why I say that is because I'm intentional about addressing my biases recognizing that I have them and saying, let me remove that because that could mess things up. Right. And so I would think that you probably the same way is that, well, I know I have a bias. Let me try to, you know, examine that and then try to separate that from, you know, what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I would also, but I would also say that that's something that is a, a, a progressive thing and something that we will always have to fight against being nose blinded yes. to certain things. And I think that certain styles, certain types of teaching, certain things are shaded by preferences that we have. And so that perspective that we have is influenced by at some level, a perspective or, or a preference. So I, I don't think it's possible to fully remove the two from each other. Not, a, not for us. I think the only person that was ever capable of actually doing that was Jesus. I think we can, we can but you work. Can actively, you can actively go against your preference, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's where I was heading next. Yeah. That, <laughs> that you can, you, you can, you, we, we are not slaves to right, our right. own preferences and all of that. Um, and, and that's part of the renewing of the mind, the transformative nature of Holy Spirit and that supernatural component. But it's only by that supernatural component um, that it's not by, it's only by that supernatural component that, that a human even experiences any shift in that we don't do it ourselves. Right. Um, a couple of things that I want to comment on here. Amen. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be Moses at the Red Sea, do my part, learn my, uh, learn my part, live my part and teach my part and allow God unify and do it together. Yes, God's preference in everything, though. No, nah, I'm not. Get, I'm not doing this by myself anymore. I need the body, and I'm not a lone wolf anymore. Definitely speaking for myself. Yeah, I mean, God's preference in everything. But again, we need to be like. I think. I think part of the part of the realities of this is that I'm. If it, it feels like this is one of those streams where I'm. I am the one that's that's pushing back against everything because 
we have to be aware if we are actually going to be equipped to deal with this, that we that we have to be aware of how big and dynamic all of this stuff really is and how easy it is to go one way or the other or to misstep or things like that when we are trying to execute on these things in a way that is God honoring and accurate. And I'm not, this isn't me uh, picking on anybody. Like I'm not picking on G Barry here. I don't th- I agree with what, with what he's saying. I'm just saying that being aware that we can say God's preference in everything, but I think underneath the surface there will always be a flavoring of ourselves in our perspective that's why we need grace and mercy yeah i i, th- I think it's funny because i remember oh it was a while back where me you and matt we had disclaimers on everything it's like yeah. yes but yes, yes but and it's like i remember you saying i want to get away from doing this but there's certain subjects where you almost have to say yeah but you better think about this and it almost i don't know it it it's tough it makes it feel like you're pushing back but i don't think you're pushing back i think you're just saying hey let's be mindful right right let's actually not forget (laughs) yeah i'm more interested in rather than adding disclaimers i'm more interested in examining every single side of of the coin i i really am like examining it from all angles because i do think it's dynamic i do think that there are far too many folks that are incredibly dogmatic about execution of the text and all of that kind of stuff and i think that there's a lot of open doors to be able to live this out and still stay accurate to the text but have it be incredibly situational. And just because you start doing something over here and you do it differently over here doesn't mean that now you're betraying that first part. And so being being able to understand that what is your intention behind all of this? What are you looking, what, what are you trying to accomplish? And what is the thing that, what is driving you that, that you are saying and teaching and doing these things that you're saying and teaching and doing and, and understanding that that is dynamic and is going to change and can change a couple more uh comments from uh from g berry uh i'm learning to eat this humble pie and take it with stride and abide in the most high individually and collectively love god and extending it to the body and my neighbor god's love rules over all in jesus name and i'm learning to receive effectively so i can give effectively I need God for real, for real, 100%. Live it out and teach and give it out the way he prefers. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, 
Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I see you won the, but let's make sure what. Well, well, it's not. It's not even the but. But let's make sure. Let's make sure the way he prefers. The way he prefers. Right means his will. That right, right. But that means that it's dynamic. That means that how we execute on that, on his will, can change from situation to situation. Some things can. Some some things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, so this is me. This is me right. going back to the stance of not like uh, this is me going back to the stance of assuming that those fundamentals are there. Right. Those right. core things are all there. Sure, you're you are correct, and 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 see previous parts of the stream where, yeah, there are some things that do not change right. and that are fundamental, but there are other things that absolutely are not, and that's where I, and and this is where I have to question myself because my preference is that the church be mobile. My preference is that we have people out there that are doing field medicine. Rather than this over reliance on hospitals, places that would like the, one isn't bad, it just my preference is always going to be towards field medicine, right? And I and, think, for, and I think but, for me, and I like you brought that up because if I have to like you know examine my preference, my preference is to marry the two and that for them to complement each other, you know, because. I don't like when I feel like I've just been in the pulpit and I haven't been out. I feel like I'm, I'm missing something. Like why, why am I only teaching in these classes? How come I haven't been, you know, in the neighborhood? How come I've been, I haven't been walk, walking my community. How come I haven't. So it's like, I, I just really believe that there should be a marriage between the two, you know? Um, because I think when I first started, when when I first started, it was like go go go, let's hit these streets, let's get out here, let's, and then, well then the people had nowhere to go, like okay so now, gather gather gather, but it's got to be both, you got to keep going, gathering and going and gathering and so yeah and so when I think about it like you said my preference is, hey are are you getting out, or are you only gathering, are you only gathering. Are you getting out? So I'm, I'm always wrestling with that, looking at myself like, okay, you've been in too much. Let's get out. Why are we, why are we staying in? You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and that's why I specify about it being my preference towards field medicine, because the step too far is to say that only field medicine is wrong. And that's why I think sometimes this whole idea oh, of right. our preference is shaded with a negative connotation when it shouldn't be always. There are some times where people's preference to destroy and demolish people. That's why you have overcorrections in right. the way that you do. You, right. I, I, I had a conversation with with a with a um, a senior saint who said some things that were of a bygone era, 
<laughs> just a by just just a there there's no there's no need there's no reason and there are a lot of generations of people who said those kinds of things and that is why the overcorrection now exists of love means love yeah yeah right and there was no love <laughs> right right and and so <laughs> there there are a lot of aspects of this that yeah they can be negative but pers perspective and preference aren't inherently negative and so that's why it does feel a little bit like okay let's examine every single part of the tool let's do this let's do that because it is it is complicated it, it, and and because this is this is dynamic in living it out investigating these things at a deep level is essential if you are striving for a theology that you live in and that is applicable to everyday life. So agreed. agreed. <laughs> and that goes back to the core, the, the core statement of the episode. Um, has Christianity changed? No, we spent the first I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes discussing the the Bible and right. and starting with the foundational stuff and how the Bible didn't change and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then where it gets where I knew the conversation was going to get complicated was the the practices right. portion of it because practices do change we, the source material that it's based off of doesn't, but how we do it does. And that's why I'm glad that Matt brought up the Didiac of, and, and that, cause that's kind of, that was kind of playing in the back of my mind as I was talking about my stance on baptism, because it's more about, Hey, work with what you got, where you're at. Right. Rather than, I have to do it this way. I have to do this. I have to do that. With the yeah. things that they say that about, with the things, all with the giant asterisk of playing within, coloring within the lines. Yeah. And and I think that was, the, I think that was where, um, I think we agreed on that, even though we start from one side of it to the other, is that from this side of it, Let's say I'm um, immersion, you know, is my, you know, go to. What if I can't? Then I don't. But what if I start here with, well, it doesn't matter. So I kind of, you know, do what I can. You still end up the same place is that it's about resource. It's about what you can and can't do. You do what you got to do with what you got. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I you know I point to the thief on the cross. Yeah. Is he not saved? <laughs> did he not go to paradise, or did he? I don't know. At that particular time in that particular situation, he didn't even get sprinkled. Right. <laughs> so, what do you do with that? And so, there's got to be this ability to say, "Yeah, I think this is the goal," but looking at scripture. You know, there's there's nuance to it. There's situations to it. Uh, Matt brought up 
baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But in the book of Acts, right? They baptize in the name of Jesus. Is one right? Is one wrong? Well, some people believe so, right? Some people are like, yeah, how do you baptize? Why are you asking me that? <laughs> why are you asking why are you asking me this question <laughs> you know right. so yeah yeah <laughs> um and willie is in the uh the comments gather online gather house to house gather in the streets gather anywhere everywhere no matter where we can have church anywhere true <laughs> uh, that's that's and and the thing <laughs> right and the thing and and the reason why i you know, I, I, my perspective is clouded by this and I have to be aware of myself and catch myself and all of that kind of stuff. And why you're always going to hear me be like, ah, whenever we talk about this kind of stuff is because that was not a new concept that this idea of gather online, gather, gather anywhere. We are the, that's not new. Some people were smacked in the face with a fish. This goes, this goes down the same, the same path of if you hear this whole big thing of scripture about church and about love and about gathering together and the importance of community and all of that kind of stuff. And what you get out of it is go to church. You have missed the point entirely and completely. You have missed the point. And that is the nicest way that I can say it. And, and that's, and that's where I have to, that, that, that's why that's part of why I'm so, I'm, I'm so oriented towards being honest about these and, and being dynamic in my approach about these things because I have seen this idea played out live and in living color that the definition of this is played out by what is your, well, my preference is that we all come together. So I'm going to say that that's what we have to do. You got to go to the building. Nah, bro. Nah. <laughs> like, and, and that's, and, and that's where it's important to understand that this is not an inherently bad topic. It's just one that we have to be prepared for because there are a lot of practices and a lot of people that have done this wrong, that have damaged and destroyed people all in the name of trying to do it right or all in the name of, of practicing certain things and all of that kind of stuff. In the name of God, we've watched it over and over and over again. And those are the examples that are going to get drawn out. And that's, and, and, and it's same, same thing with trying to invalidate the history of scripture. Yeah. There are tons of people that will fight the historicity of scripture or use it to say, use certain things to say the divine, the divinity of Jesus isn't true. And, and so that's why we said you got to buckle up when you talk about these things, because it gets, it gets 
hard because these are the things that are at the heartbeat of that challenge the um, validity of Christianity and understanding that you that these things are dynamic helps to see the big picture and that's that part of all of this is faith part of all of this is belief part of all of this is the supernatural and and that part of it can't be distilled down into looking at a history book that part of that that part can't be distilled down to very specific parameters and understanding that helps to be able to bridge that gap of when people pick and poke and prod that it doesn't take you down this road that ultimately leads to a really tough place for your faith to be yeah you got people doing the right thing for the wrong reason people doing the wrong thing for the right reason <laughs> yeah. you know um because you know some people yeah their intentions are bad some people their intentions are not and on the surface we're gonna have to examine everything case by case situation by situation the hard and fast rules um sometimes get you in trouble you know uh like this but then there's situations where uh, you just have to be willing to uh as uh, matt said understand right um what 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 is the perspective what's actually going on you know i have people ask me questions that i have to pause and i have to say give me context right give me context because if you don't give me context and i give you an answer it's going to be based off of whatever whatever my baseline is but if you give yeah. me context then i say okay well i see in that context how you know i believe this applies read this let's see how that applies because at the end of the day this idea you know christianity uh, has christianity changed over time i just think it has to i don't think there's any way that it doesn't i think from the time it was conceived it changed you know right in our own bibles <laughs> it was changing it was dealing with things that we deal with today uh quote unquote heresies right disagreements people leaving the church right in the bible there were people paul said they left us right so we can't help but have to go back to it and ask ourselves the question how does this apply what does this look like right now you know what is the heartbeat what is the spirit of the text and now that's a scary one but i think it's real you know yeah I think that's what Jesus captured in, in Matthew five uh, through uh, chap Matthew chapter five through th seven. Uh, he's capturing the spirit of what the law taught. Right. He's like, here's the bottom line to it. I know there's nuances, but, and but he was giving you the spirit of it. Like here's, here's the kingdom. This is what it looks like, you know? Yeah. Uh, so 
I think we have to wrestle with that and be willing to wrestle with it. That when something comes up, stop, think, pray, conversate. Let's see. Instead of this is it, that's it, this is it, that's it. Touch not, taste not, handle not. Don't do this, don't do that. Because when you when I get into conversations with people like that, it's rough. Because I start asking questions and they don't like the questions because they they think I've given you all the answers because this is what it says. Yeah, but Jesus, when tempted by Satan and Satan gave him scripture, Jesus said, and the Bible also says. (laughs) So what do you do with that when the Bible also says? So I think we we have to continue to ponder this question. Um and come to grips with it uh because it's it's a reality yep and that's and that's what i'm trying to like that's that's what my hope is as people walk away from today's episode that that you have been in some way equipped with the understanding that this is dynamic, that this is something that you need to investigate, that this is something that you need to um, go to scripture and wrestle with and contend with and all of that kind of stuff. And, and, and be able to understand that this is a lived out thing, not a rule book. Um, yeah. She berries in the, So go out and gather both of them simultaneously is what I'm hearing. Maybe not simultaneously, but equally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's like I said, and, and that's funny because Jupiter is commenting on it now. Uh, I'm guessing he's, he's a couple minutes behind Uh, field, (laughs) field medicine. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we need hospitals. We do. There's, there, there's a, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I fundamentally makes me happy to understand that there are sound spots like Sure Foundation that look more like the regular Sunday, the Sunday model that are a safe place for people to go. I, I, yeah, I, I love that brothers and sisters of your part of the air, uh, your part of the country have a spot that they can call home. Awesome. There is something to those of us that are out here being able to go and be and do and visit and be with a variety of different people in a variety of different contexts. And, and yes, there is a community aspect of that where you can be out even within your community and do this. But for guys like me, I have the ability to step into different contexts and different, and different um, situations with different folks in different areas and all of that kind of stuff that somebody who is tethered to a building and tethered to a, a standardized church model doesn't necessarily have. You can have a version of it, but I'm saying that version of it is has the volume turned up to 11 for somebody who is not tied down to those things. And like I said, one's not better than the other. 
because guys like me need a spot to send people from different areas. Now, mind you, the 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 hitch and the giddy up is the is the the house church system, but even that is dynamic enough that yeah. you can still meet in different situations, meet different right. circumstances, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, and then uh, G Berry commented again, uh, overcorrection leads me to overthinking and guys, I overthink too much. Just, just talking to, or just trying to make sure I understand completely. Um, no. I think I, I think you and brother Matthew need to have a conversation then my guy, um, just being honest. Um, but, uh, that would be an experience. I would love to be yes. on the wall for that conversation. Right, um, right, right. Between, between the two of us, we need to get that, get those two together with the microphone. Somehow, how we do uh, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that's something that I think is, I think I think squaring the circle of understanding the different modes of doing it and being open-handed enough to understand that there's different modes of doing it is at the heartbeat of the living kingdom and being able to dynamically live in a way where God's authority is the highest authority. And I think even though we may sit on um, two different ends of the pool in certain uh, regards that we are both still oriented towards that idea that we need to be able to live this out and live and that living in a way where God's authority is the highest authority is dynamic and nuanced and situational. Right. Absolutely. So, all right. With that guys, Thank you all for joining us. And, and we still usually, by the time that we are winding down, um, <laughs> the audience starts to, um, start, starts to scatter a bit, but you guys have been in there with us oh, for the entirety time. <laughs> so thank you. Um, this one, this one was interesting, but in a good way. Um, if you guys, have any questions about anything that we that we um covered if there's anything about this that you're like ah, i don't know about that or oh hey i would like more information about that or oh hey what if i learned it this possible way or whatever sound off we we love we love hearing from you guys um that's it's it's why we do this so whether it's facebook whether it's it's youtube whether it's twitch wherever you do it wherever you see it hit us up let us know what you got. Um, and if you are not already, um, you can head on over to um, YouTube, look up Kingdom on the Road. Um, if you're not already subscribed over there, go ahead and subscribe, tick the notification bell. So, because we are here every week. Um, if you are not already, head on over to Anthony's channel, Anthony Wilson, um, and go ahead and give a like or go ahead and uh, give, give a subscribe, tick the notification bell. There's tons of solid teaching coming out on a regular basis over there. Um, and as we wrap up, you want to go ahead and uh, pray us out in? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for uh, just um, hopefully an impactful stream that um, stirred uh, the mind and the spirit. 
Uh, we just pray for all the individuals uh, listening. Uh, we pray for strength and healing and uh, salvation to those that may not know you. Uh, we pray for a deeper, more intimate connection to you, that their relationship would thrive with you, loving you, and then loving their neighbor as themselves. Uh, we pray, God, that anything that we said that may have been off base, God, that you forgive us and that we always be Bereans and go back to the word and check it because that's the ultimate authority in, in these conversations. Um, God, we just thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do. Uh, just bless us as we go from here to be a light uh, in the world around us. Uh, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, <clears throat> until next week, remember two very important things that you are prayed for and you are loved deeply.